Hello and thank you for listening to episode 526 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for October 2023. A little late, but better, <laughs> late, better late than never. Isn't that what they say, Tom? That is it. That is it. We are, we'll wake up for it somehow, somehow. some way over the next uh, hour or two. Yeah, let's see. Well, I've got a few things. I'll kick us off. How about I kick us off with... Oh, go on then. Let's have some. Oh, let's God. have some. You can see me reaching for a button. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> reaching for a button with a big smile on my face. Yes, it's Sly News. Yo, Polly. The Sly documentary is on Netflix, mate. Yes, yes. I was actually going to bring this up if you didn't, but of course you would. Why wouldn't you? So. Why, why wouldn't I? We've both seen it. We've been waiting for it for ages. We've been, you know, teasing it on these episodes. And, uh, Let's discuss what we think of this 90-minute documentary. To be honest with you, mate, straight off the bat, I honestly thought it was going to be like the Arnie one, and it was going to be in parts. I didn't think it was going to be like a 90-minute documentary. Did Did you know that it was going to be a 90-minute documentary? Yeah, I feel the problem with Netflix, and I mean, I know they literally don't make for shows, you know, like they buy them all, all the films, that, you know, like they don't literally make for films, apart from, you know, like there's some they you know, like Netflix original movie and stuff, but like a lot of them they don't make. Hmm. But I've always found, like, with Netflix, especially in the last few years, that the stuff that should be a 90-minute documentary movie, they turn into a six-part docuseries that goes on for about seven <laughs> hours and doesn't need to be that long. But yeah. the stuff that they have as a documentary film probably could do with a few episodes. Yeah, it's- and I think the only exception to that rule recently was Viani one, because that was perfect. Hour mm. for um, bodybuilding, hour for films, hour for yeah. um, politics, um, and then afterwards. Um, I watched the American Gladiators one, and I was just like, really, really interesting subject matter. Didn't need to be four and a half hours long, though. It was, oh, my God. It was they four. always do it. It's, Jeez. But yes, yeah, I like yeah initially i knew it was going to be 96 minutes and you know it's not long enough like you know even before you watch it like mm. this isn't going to be long enough for yeah. a, a career that spanned like 50 years yeah i've got to admit i was severely disappointed <laughs> i was like maybe i was expecting too much i don't know i found it more of like a fluff piece didn't really mm. tell sly fans anything they didn't already know except maybe he dug a bit deeper into his relationship with his father, which I'd, I'd not known that much about what happened with that. Everything else, it just seemed to be to do with, it was Rocky and Rambo with a little bit of expendables and not, and barely scraped on anything else, which again, you know, when you're limited, like you said, just to just over an hour and a half, isn't a lot of time. But the fact of how candid that Arnie was in his documentary yeah. and opened up about everything this seemed to be more of just like a promo piece for sly um yeah without uh, actually promoting anything <laughs> yeah exactly and it was yeah it, it, it was, was yeah i mean you're, you're spot on about it just being i mean a bit of the end about expendables which didn't can, like it doesn't really considering like some of his other films that weren't really mentioned or touched upon much it didn't really need to should have been the sort of like uttered, you know, like in the same breath almost. Like, what about Copland and stuff like that? You know, like his return to, like his return to form. I know there was a little bit about it, but you know, like a bit of a deep dive into the slump and then we come back and all of that. Um, 
yeah, it was very, yeah, very rocky and Rambo orientated. And you're quite right if you've read any books or watched any interviews with him over the years. Mm. It's not too much that you don't already know, which it was all right. Like, don't get me wrong, oh, but yeah. it's, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just a fight. He's moving house <laughs> and <here's> some <laughs> other stuff. And Adele bought you that house, didn't she? So, um, did she? Oh my god! I believe it was Adele that ended up with a, with a house. I mean, he was moving, and I was just—I remember yeah. reading like, "Oh, he's um, she's bought his house." I assume it's that one. Wow, I didn't know that. Bloody hell! Yeah, the definitive the sculpture on the pool. Oh, having a slice sculpture on the on the yeah, edge of the pool. <laughs> good honour, that guess for that. <laughs> Be good. Yeah, definitive sly documentary, mate. Still to be made. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, God. And, and, and it's a shame because, like, the talking head. So, I mean, for Frank Stallone, it's just like, yes, okay, Frank. Um, <laughs> but, they, like, did they had Tarantino on it. They had, you know, Arnie mm. on it. They had Talia Shire and mm-hmm. um, Henry Winkler. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, a good array of talking heads. But, you know, they were, you know, like, if they were able to expand it, they could have talked, you know, like Carl Weathers and, you know, like um, – Statham and Antonio Banderas and you know Gibson, well, Gibson, but you know like other, you know like his peers, yeah, more of his peers, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, ninety-six minutes was never going to be much when you've got a fifty-year, almost fifty-year career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was shocking, wasn't it? Just to limit it to that. But oh, living hope that another one will be made at some point, all about him, and you know, digs a bit deeper and mm. has a bit more, has a bit more flesh on the bone than this one. Yeah. Anyway, that isn't the end of the slime news. Yo, Polly! Because Samaritan 2 has been announced. Yeah, the film nobody was asking for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fine. All right. It's their money, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I know, it was all right. I mean, I don't, I didn't think it was. I just didn't even cross my mind that they'd do another one. I didn't think they'd do one. No, I really didn't. But Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish it being like, oh, well, they won't do a sequel to that. It just didn't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it wasn't one of those sort of films. But, uh, I mean, one thing in the Sly documentary, he does like a sequel, he said. so. Um, yeah, that's true. So we've got this one coming maybe up. Not, yeah, maybe not too surprising. I mean, I'll watch it, obviously. But yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never know. Good surprises. I mean, you know, could be amazing. We don't know. But, yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, I will bring up, before I forget, we know that Kiss do their, maybe, final live show. They finished yeah. They finished touring. That's the thing. That's the end of the road. It's, they've sort of couched it as it's the end of their touring days, not necessarily the end of their performing live. So yeah. their last date of the end of the road tour, which has been extended, of course, due to the pandemic that we went through, is on December the 2nd at Madison Square Garden. And it was announced yeah. just the other day that it's going to be pay-per-view if you want to watch it as two. Oh, can you watch it in the UK? I'm not sure if you can. I just had a quick skim read. It looks like you can't. <laughs> but Great. I saw in America and Canada and a few other countries, I think it was $40. But you know, in this day and age, mate, it'll be, you know, hours yeah. after hours after it finishes, it'll be all over online anyway. You know, to to have a look at if you want to. So, Kiss some goodbye. Yeah, like I say, I'm sure they'll perform live a good yeah. few times after, but that's that's the end. Um, 
mired in controversy about Ace and Peter not being there, or or will they? Who knows? I would doubt it, but you know, never say never. Stranger things have happened. So. They have, haven't they? Straight. Let's good segue, mate. Strange things happening. How about Doro Pesh and Rob Halford getting together to sing their version of Total Eclipse of the Heart, the eighties classic, mate? I've not heard it yet, but I, I feel like that would be quite good. It's oh, it's all right. I mean, Rob, yeah. I love Rob Halford, amazing vocalist. His voice doesn't suit the song. We sat there and no. listened to it, and and it was oh, it doesn't quite fit. You'd think, you know, it's such a power ballad, and he's got such power in his voice, and you know, I could, you know, I can imagine him singing some Steinman songs. Oh, mm. but you know, you just don't know till till you know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's worth listening to, obviously. Yeah, I will give it a listen. But, yeah, it didn't hit me as hard as I wanted it to. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mention something and hand it straight over to you because you will definitely follow up on this. Um, because Michael Bolton is going to tour, supported by Bonnie Tyler. Well, yes. Leading on from Total Eclipse of the Heart, there's the, there's the link with Bonnie Tyler supporting Michael Bolton. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money though. Um, I've seen like I've done my Michael Bolton live thing, and it's just a lot. I mean, I rule it out. I look on Twickets to see if there's any like cheap seats, you know, closer to the time. But mm-hmm. um, I would like to see Bonnie Tyler. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you feel like well, I've seen Michael Bolton once. That's you know, that was you know, like an ironic sort of way. <laughs> at a much smaller venue of a Palladium. Um, is it? need to go again it's yeah i don't know i'll look out for cheap tickets but um yeah i wasn't rushing that one yeah i think if if uh cheap tickets appear mate it'd be good to go i mean i'd love to go yeah uh, I'd, yeah i mean mainly for body tyler yeah yeah definitely and while we're on the subject of of seeing people being in the same room as people you know i'll hand it over to you mate because you know this year, you've been in, in the same room as quite a few famous people. Or should I say a few famous people have been in the same room as you? That's very true, yeah. Thank you for correcting yourself there. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's been quite a lot since we last spoke. Um, I don't know how to... St- I'll, I'll, I'll do the big one first, and then I'll talk about London Film Festival. Yeah. I think that's Okay, so the big one, obviously, is Arnie. Like, oh, um, mate. This was, I mean, <laughs> also at the Palladium. Um this was like, I mean, I think I touched on it in previous episodes, and I've definitely spoken about this sort of thing in the past. Like, when I was a kid, like, me and my brother, at the weekends, dad mm. would take us to the video shop, either the Ritz, if UK, UK people remember the mm-hmm. Ritz, uh, which we never had, we didn't have Blockbuster at this point. This is how far back it was going. Or the local video shop, which was Five Star Video. There was two Ritzes in yeah. Thetford, actually. Um and did we ever get a look in about what we wanted to watch? No, <laughs> no. He just rented what we what he wanted to watch, and we um, that's what we watched. So it was like right, your, your RoboCops and all of that. But ones I remember is like RoboCop and Arnie films. Yeah. So as long as I can remember watching anything, film, TV, anything, Arnie's been there, and just carried on as you know all the way, all the way through to today. Um, you know, like like for you, Dave. Well, I mean, I think your love for Stallone is stronger than um, mine for Arnie, but, but your love for Stallone is stronger than 
a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> as I look at him behind you mm-hmm. um, or a, a life-size cardboard cutout. Yes. Um, which is, considering the number you've done on it, Dave, it's actually looking all right. It's holding up, mate. The amount of glue I've had to use to keep him together <laughs> over the years is, is very it's expensive. Not it's not glue. <laughs> it's just a sticky and it's cheaper. Yes. And there's still a lot um, of it. Go on. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, um, but yeah, he's, you know, he's been like my action hero, like the, the, the superstar, you know, of was first aware of. So obviously going to the Palladium and having such a, you know, sixth row seat mm-hmm. to see him in conversation was, you know, just the anticipation. It just felt huge. And it was, it was like, I can't remember the, the guy who interviewed him, as you'd expect. He was fine. Like, mm. But yeah, he came out. He was so close, so close. He, you know, people just were going insane for him. People were like <laughs> whooping and screaming and all sorts. And, First, like people, like someone in the chat, we sat down, someone in the crowd just shouted out immediately, get in a chopper. <laughs> and, uh, and he was just like, he laughed. And then he'd like, the first thing he said was, put the cookie down now. <laughs> oh, here you they go. Then. Of course, because it's Arnie News. Shame on me. I forgot to press. Put that cookie down now. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing he said. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, but then. It's about the, the talk, the in conversation with was about his um, New York, New York, new book, Be Useful, um, which is sort of like a self-help book, really, yeah. um, about how, you know, his mantra, how he applied it to his life and how, you know, like he's achieved so much. Like the host, one thing he did say before Arnie came out was like, not many people could be the world's greatest bodybuilder. Not many people could be the world's biggest movie star. Not many people could run the fifth, fourth or fifth biggest economy in the world mm-hmm. in California. And definitely not many people could do all three of things, <laughs> those things in their <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about like, you know, how he's applied himself, how he's not listened to naysayers, doesn't let self-doubt in, you know, don't not having a plan B, just plowing ahead with what he wanted to do and achieving it. So, it's, you know, it's quite inspirational in that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously he touched on his bodybuilding career, you know, using examples of his acting and his, and his political career, you know, being the governor of California. Um, and then, in you know, what he's done in later life. Hmm. So, yeah, it was all quite interesting. And then there was um, about, it was about two hours all in all, excluding the interval. The second half was a bit shorter because the first half had run on. The second half was like audience questions, but, what were the audience was, questions like? And were they vetted beforehand? Because I know. Yeah, which I feel like should be a thing now. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. Hmm. But yeah, no, it's one of those. You scan the QR code, send your question in, and they pick. It was very like kind of like a couple related to the book, kind of related to his miniature ponies, which was great. Him mm-hmm. talking about them. He loves them so much. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, talking about like. Um, like what? What are his favourite films? He sort of just picked up Jim Cameron there. Mm. Uh, he, he's he's a, he's a very smart talker. Everything sort of leads back to a book. But it was an interesting. It seems like an interesting book, and it's you know it's still him talking about his career and stuff. Yeah. So, but the, you know, like he came out when he came out. And, you know, I did get like I was just like, am I going to cry? You <laughs> 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 did get a bit emotional. I'm sure it's the same for you when you you know. I mean, obviously you met Stallone for, beforehand, didn't you? It was mm. before the yeah. Uh, the, uh, the evening with but you know i'm sure it's the same for you you know you're that close you oh, yeah you're yeah you literally met the guy but um 
you know that being that close and be like you, you feel emotional and you know you like, do, it's yeah, all this yeah. time that's yeah. that led to this moment and um it's like yeah you it said, was it's, incredible it's such a big part of your life and all the memories that come with it of watching the film yeah. you know and your dad picking films and all of that everything comes flooding back and then this guy's in front of you it, it's it yeah. really is a big deal yeah no it really was it really was um yeah and he yeah he just knows how to work for crowd and he's so funny like he's really funny he's like got really good comic timing as well mm-hmm. i feel maybe you won't like this maybe that's <laughs> why his comedy films hit a bit better you know he had a better hit rate than stallone's yeah did. yeah you know like twin twins was like one of the biggest films he did oh, like, God, you yeah. know i'm not a huge fan of twins but i will always every five or six years give it another go just to see if my opinions change but you know like kindergarten cop and junior you know they were you know like they they were hits so um mm-hmm. um he's yeah he's so funny but he did drop in like the big quotes he wanted to hear um he was like uh oh at the interval the guy the guy was just like oh there's i think there's only one thing that people want to hear you say before the interval and he, obviously i'll be back <laughs> um, and then um uh he did a couple of predator like dylan you son of a bitch oh. and he didn't oh get oh he did do get to the chopper yeah he could get to the chopper and then dylan you son of a bitch just um, being in the yeah. same room it was just, as he says those lines, mate. The, the, yeah. you know, lines that you've it was, you've it known. It was surreal. <laughs> yeah. Really was. Um, so yeah, it was great, and like, I left. Like everyone got a free book, which was great. Nice. Um, left left in a daze, out of the um, the exit of like I was with a sick row, so I just went out of sort of the front, like behind the stage exit. Yeah. And at the stage door, oh my god! Like traffic was stopped because of people at the stage door trying trying to meet him afterwards. Like. Mm-hmm. I'd have had to miss the entire thing if I wanted a good spot for that. So Whoa. I just sort of walk around to get back to the tube station. But <laughs> no, I mean, before I did, I messaged you, I messaged a couple of people, like before I got my tube, just being like, Oh my God, this, you know, a lot, so much of my life has led to that. Um, exactly. So just being so close to him. So yeah, huge thing off a bucket list that, um, have you dared to watch any Arnie films after you've seen him live? You know what? I haven't, um, Oddly enough, it's normally the thing I do. You know, hmm. if I, um, we'll get to something in a minute about um, a director. Um, but you know, I tend to give myself a little season. Um, I am getting a new TV at the end of a month, um, and I always christen a new television. It's not a, a size increase. I've just got this weird mark on the screen, which I think yeah. I showed you. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I'm not got any worse, but um, still going to get a new one because hmm. um, you know, people like us. <laughs> If there's a little mark on the screen and it only shows, even if it only shows up when it's really bright, you, you see the fucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can't unsee it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, new TV. Anyway, I always christen new televisions with an Arnie film and I got um, Predator in 4K um, the other day. So um, I'm saving that. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it will inevitably start a bit of an Arnie season. And obviously, Christmas is coming. So, Jingle All the Way will be oh, uh, yeah, of course. rewatched. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, as it should be. Yeah. So, uh, but no. Yeah. Oddly, this time it didn't. But yeah, just incredible night. Like I always feel. I don't know if I've touched on it here. Like you know, since moving to London, some things. It's sort of like oh, it sort of blends a little bit. Like because I'm doing so much. Um, but that stood out. That yeah. really stood out. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, yeah, like something very special that I'll never forget. So amazing. That's good. I'm so happy that you got to see him, mate. It's you know, yeah. It's one of the knowing how much you love him, and again with history of him and that. It's like it's really cool yeah just amazing so um yeah i I guess i should move on to similar well yeah similar things i guess the london film festival Mm. um 
God, I fucking smashed that in the end. <laughs> I was only going to go and see two or three films. I ended up seeing, doing nine different things. I think, well, I've seen nine films and one talk. Either way, more than I... <laughs> a oh, lot I more. Been, I was on holiday that week as a coincidence. Bad move. Um, <laughs> so it actually started the night before we last recorded, but I was, um, as I said, I was just going to lump it all together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the... Um, uh, is that, funnily enough, it's gone on Netflix today. Um, the new David Fincher film, The Killer, um, oh, with okay. Michael Bender. So uh, David Fincher was there. Obviously, um, as of London Film Festival happened, the actors were still on strike. The strikes yeah. were just ended yeah. yesterday. Um, so the directors are doing a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> for all these festivals yeah. this year. Uh, David Fincher was there, which is just like, fuck, it's David Fincher. <laughs> you know, it's just like, holy shit, you know. <laughs> Um, so many great films he's done, and yeah, he did an intro where he talked about it. Really enjoyed it. Um, it's on, as I say, it's on Netflix now. None of this has got to do with the '80s in any way, shape, or form, really. But tough, skip it. Nothing wrong with a better film. Talk. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a yeah, better film. Talk. Yeah, we're all film nerds here. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was that was a good start, and that was at Royal Festival Hall, which is an amazing place to see a film, even if you're in a balcony and you're in the cheap seats. Like, just, it's such a big screen. Especially with balcony because there's no heads in the way. Oh, when you're in the other yeah. seats, like you can, you know, like any cinema, you know, you can yeah. be like, yeah. Sometimes, but yeah, like really great place to see a film, the Royal Festival Hall. I'd never seen a mm. film there before. So. Um, so that was a good start. And then on the Saturday, the day after you recorded, I uh, went to a, a screen talk um, with um, well, it's Martin Scorsese. Holy shit. <laughs> Being in the same room as Martin Scorsese, talking to Edgar Wright about movies. <sighs> Fucking hell. Uh, that was, again, like Arnie, that's a that's one I'll remember for some time. Yeah. Uh, Royal Festival Hall again. Edgar Wright comes out and says, like, oh, we've only got an hour with him. Hour and 40, hour and 45 minutes later, it wraps up. Whoa. Someone at the side of the stage giving it the old, <laughs> you, kind of, you know, like, you, I couldn't quite see. He was gesticulating a lot, but, yeah, like, you're yeah. not going to. This is Martin Scorsese, and he's talking about... I mean, he talked briefly about Killers of a Flower Moon, which is incredible. I didn't see it at London Film Festival because it was out only two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, Incredible film. Talked a bit about that at the end, but no, he was talking about Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, King of Comedy. Um, I love that he's still bitter about the reception to King of Comedy. It's brilliant. (laughs) I probably would be just not... Uh, like, it's such a good film. I watched it again recently. There's, this is what I was going to say. There's been a Scorsese season on at the Picture House chain of cinemas in, um, in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I've done quite recently Taxi Drivers, King of Comedy, um, I think another couple. Um, so yeah, there's been quite a raging ball. I saw um, again in the cinema. So that's, that's good. been good. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, God, listening to Martin Scorsese talk about films, holy shit! That is amazing. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was just sort of that was an afternoon thing. In hindsight, I probably would have booked Killers of a Flower Moon at a festival because, but they announced the Scorsese thing later on. You, yeah, you know, too late. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was something else. Um, and then the next day, the Sunday, it was the surprise film. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about what it would be. It seemed kind of obvious. Um, but no, knew for sure. There's a lot of talk of it being the new Taika Waititi film, and yeah, I was like. Oh, I don't <laughs> He's, I've gone off him a bit. He's quite up himself now, and all of that. So, but the, the the general sort of like consensus is because the director's been seen in town, it's probably going to be Ferrari. Um, and there we were. We were in. Um, I think we had the balcony for that one. So great seats. Yeah. 
but a bit further away. And uh, we're waiting outside for the doors to open at the Royal Festival Hall again. And then you can hear like from inside, rum, 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 like, like check it. Like, well, that's giving it away. Unless they're like trying to call our bluff or something. And yeah. true enough, it was Ferrari and out comes Michael Mann to introduce it. And I was just like, in the course of 72 hours, I've been in the same room as David Fincher, Martin Scorsese and Michael Mann. <laughs> It's just like sometimes you just you take a step back and like you're just like fuck. Three of them have got the greatest directors of all time. So um, yeah, um, I love Ferrari. Um, it's out Boxing Day, I think, everywhere. Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter not enjoy it or letterboxed, which is fine, and you can't. Mm. I do get a vibe like. Um, there's a lot more talking than there is racing in it, more than I thought, which is fine. It's Michael Mann, but I do some, I do wonder, like, I wonder what they would have, like, what would Twitter have thought of, like, The Insider, if that had come <laughs> out, you know, you know, that sort of film from Michael Mann. But I really enjoyed it. Like, when the, you can imagine when the Formula One stuff, one, like, well, Formula One, when the, the race car driving gets yeah. started and it's in a film directed by Michael Mann, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Adam Driver's good. Penelope Cruz is good. Um, Adam Driver, yet another film where he's playing Italian. Not sure why, but uh, <laughs> fine. But no, I, I thought it was fantastic. Really liked it. Um, That's good, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. That is what's that coming out? It's it's a Sky original in the UK. What? So it'll be on Now TV at some point, I guess. Bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next night. The next night, I saw. Um, uh, what did I see? I saw Late Night with a Devil. Bit of a beaten track, this one, hmm. um, at the Prince Charles. Um, now, this was. Uh, well, this is a film that's um, like. It's set in the 70s, and it's about a late night talk show host. So you sort of like your Letterman, Johnny Carson, yeah. Jay Leno, and what, like Kimmel, um, sort of late night chat show um and it's a sort of like introduction to like background of a chat show like you know it it, it was doing all right in the ratings then they started to slump a bit it was never up there with carson and all of Mm. this um and then they tried to do this sort of gimmicky halloween show and then the film is the show as it's as it goes out um and it's sort of like a sort of they have like a uh like a psychic and then a demon a girl who was possessed by a demon and stuff like that and then it just goes you know as a horror film would um <laughs> it's um there's bits where it cuts to the ad breaks um where it's sort of like behind the scenes black and white footage of them you know talking to each other about what's going on mm-hmm. there's hit it's um oh, what's his name? Is that david dashelman he's been in so much stuff like guardians of the galaxy um uh, david das dash dash mulchian uh, he was in The Dark Knight, he's in Oppenheimer, he's in um, oh, Suicide Squad, Ant-Man, he's in a lot, like you'd know him if you saw him, but he's in a lead in this one, and he's fantastic, it's him as a chat show host, he's, you know, he's like, um, what's a guy with Johnny Carson, like Ed, or whatever his name was, you know, the, like, mm. like the sidekick guy, and they've got a little band and stuff, and there's a producer, and then it's the people who he interact, talk, has on the show, it's fantastic it's so good it's it just it's so authentic to the 70s it really feels like it's like a 70s thing and it's and something quite you know like relatively low budget it's just it's done so well 
so well. I can't recommend it enough, um, nice. especially compared to the Pet Cemetery prequel that came out recently, Bloodlines, which was set in like 1969 and was just a phoniest looking piece of shit. Like, <laughs> it's just like this, this is so, like, this obviously it's not 1969 or whatever have you, but it was just like, I'll make a bit of effort. Yeah. Whereas this, the fraction of a budget, so authentic and, you know, creepy and scary and it's, yeah, so good. Um, and it's getting a small, I think it's getting a small cinema run in the States and the UK, which I'm really happy about because that'll mean more people see it. Yeah. And then it'll be shut up. So, um, yeah, that was really good. One of my favourite horror films of the year. Um, up there, wow. People Dead Rise, some of my um, favourite horrors of the year. Um, then the next day, I was up bright and early to go back to our festival hall to see Maestro, mm-hmm. the um, upcoming Netflix film about Leonard Bernstein. I think it's coming to cinemas for a brief run at the end of November, start of December, and then onto Netflix a few weeks, maybe in time for Christmas. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper, obviously, who did the Star is Born, uh, the Star is Born, a Star is Born with Lady Gaga one a few years ago, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Carrie Mulligan's um, in it. She's actually got top billing, um, which is which makes sense when you watch it. But no, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, it gives, not really a, a subject matter, you know, like, that um, interested me, but he's, I really thought a star of a star is born was good, considering that was his first film. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this as well. Um, and um, uh, as he, um, it, this wasn't one where a director would appear. Um, the director of Late Night with the Devil was there, or the co-director, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, obviously, he could be there as he was an actor. But um, at the, the premiere, which had happened the night before, the Bernstein family were there, the surviving members of, which was oh, nice. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, it was really good. Um, um another one worth checking out when it hits cinemas and netflix um the next day i was just like right um there was, there was something on but i was just like <laughs> it from what i'd seen it had sold out and i'd missed the boat never yeah. mind but i was going to do a prince charles cinema double bill anyway and i was going to norfolk to see my family the next day mm-hmm. and an early ride so i was just like that's all right i'll be home by half eight nine so i sort of stopped making sense 80s related um yeah. I, on, a, on a tangent, I can see why that is regarded as one of the greatest concert films ever made. It was amazing. I'd never seen it before. And I saw Jason X, your obvious double bill. <laughs> Stop <laughs> Jason sets. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you, you're going to pair those two films together. Yeah, of course. But when I was, uh, but when I was uh, in between films, I went to, um, I just had a wander at about 45 minutes. I obviously took myself to the BFI website and there'd be indeed there'd been some returns on some seats for this film i wanted to see and there were 10 quid balcony seats i was just like yes i will <laughs> sleep more later in the week so and oh my god i'm so glad i did this because this film's probably going to be in like my top five of the year um the new film from alexander payne the holdovers uh with paul giamatti it's his best film since sideways both of them Payne and giamatti oh my god Whoa. it was so good it's brilliant it's a shame it, it's it's set at christmas but it's not really a christmas film but at the same time it's not out till like mid-january in the uk and it like would have been nice to come out at christmas yeah um, yeah because uh, like it's basically um paul giamatti's this grouchy teacher at this um uh like boarding school in the 70s again very authentic to the 70s um and at christmas one of the teachers has to stay on to 
look after the kids who can't go home for whatever reason for holdovers mm-hmm. and yeah. it ends up just being him and this one lad who he doesn't really get on with and like they start to bond and it's like alexander payne humor it's so well written it's so funny it's so fucking funny <laughs> it's brilliant and it was like honestly it was my second favorite film of a festival and yeah it'll be in my top five of the year without a doubt um, and alexander payne was there oh my god so yeah, got to be yeah, same room as Alexander Payne. And I took a, then I took a day off. I went, I went to Norfolk <laughs> at last. At last, you had a day off. Um, and then um, I was back to the Royal Festival Hall on the, this. We were up to the um, Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I went to see Cobweb, not the recent horror film, but the new one from um, Kim Ji Woon with. Uh, uh, Song Kang Ho out of Parasite in it. Yeah. Um, again, odd theme that's happening here, set in the seventies. Um, oh. It's about a director who um, has finished this film, like this low budget movie, but he's he has a like like a, a dream, and he's just like he knows how to make it better, and it's all about co- getting everyone back together to do the film, trying to keep it under wraps from the censors and all of that, because he, what he's adding is something they won't <laughs> like, all this sort of stuff. A bit screwball comedy-esque it's decent i did like it it's um not not it's not um not kim ji Woon's strongest film but um yeah it was good and also kim ji Woon was there doing an intro bloody hell um let me just click everything about restarting no thank you um out of the way um so yeah he was a like um we were an interpreter gave an introduction so that was good um almost done don't worry uh <laughs> Then on the um, Saturday, it was another headline gala at the Royal Festival Hall, which was for Poor Things, a new film from Yorgos Lathamos. Um, this isn't out in the UK to like mid-January. I think it's they're doing like a preview screening at the BFI in December. But I this was my most anticipated film of the festival, and it, it's just mad. And Yorgos Lathamos has done so many good films, like Killing of a Sacred Deer, just to name one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like his films. They're a favourite. Um, and it did not disappoint. Absolutely insane. Insane. <laughs> like, it's basically about um, a woman, um, Emma Stone, who uh, it starts... Well, these aren't really spoilers. I guess you'd see them in the trailer. So it starts yeah. with her. She's pregnant. She jumps off a bridge in this alternate reality pastimes London. Um, a scientist, Willem Dafoe, um, drags her out and um, removes a baby's brain and puts it in the head of Emma Stone's character. So she's like, the film starts with her with toddler brain, basically. Right. And it's all about like her growing up with this brain, her, her you know, like learning new experiences a lot um, sexually. Yeah. Um, it's nuts. Emma Stone, like, she has to win the Oscar for it. Like <laughs> she is incredible, like an absolute career performance. Um, just it's mental. I loved it. It was absolutely mental. Mark Ruffalo's in it as well. He's an incredibly ridiculous dickhead in it. Uh, I just absolutely <laughs> loved it. It is my favorite film of the year so far. Um, uh, I don't see anything topping that, even though there's still some good stuff coming up. Yeah. But loved it. Don't know what you'd think of it. I think Tina would love it. Mm don't know what you'd think of it <laughs> i'm sure you'll see uh see it soon enough but yeah. um yeah and yorgos lafamos was there as well so uh to do an intro 
Oh, not particularly God. chatty, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I polished it off with um, uh, went to Prince Charles to see a sort of encore screening of Hitman, the new Richard Linklater film, mm. uh, which is really good as well. Really just funny and great to see it with a room full of sold out room full of people. Um, yeah, he wasn't there. That was just like an encore, like extra screening yeah, they did. Yeah. That's on Netflix in January, I think. Um, really uh, recommended as well. Um, yeah, there's a bit in it. It's one of those films that's got one of those moments, and it's just like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, literally, it, I won't say what it was, but it got like a round of applause Whoa. during the film. Holy shit. Yeah, so, but yeah, enjoyable. It really just, obviously, I went for it at the London Film Festival this year. Not like other people, you know, like 20, 30, 40 films. I'm just like, well, I need to remember them. If I did 30, 40 films and you were like, I was sat here now, I wouldn't be able to remember half of them. So, yeah, that's the point. So, um, amazing. Yeah, there was a few instances with people, like, you wouldn't expect there to be people on their phones. Oh my god! At the film festival, where you do pay a premium, and I know I got like a ten quid ticket for one of them, but yeah. like you know, like poor things was thirty quid because it was a gala opening thing, yeah. gala gala not opening gala screening and all of that. But it's just like, yeah, like when you're paying that much money, like there was some odd behaviour when when we were leaving. Uh, no, when I was leaving um, the holdovers, um, so I was up in the balcony, and people. The credits were rolling and people were getting up in the rows in front. And there's these two people, there was me, a guy who'd also stood up, and two other people, uh, like young couple, like 20s, 30s, male and female. And they were just not moving. And I'm just like, well, this is a bit weird. Everyone was sort of waiting in the road for them to move. And they just weren't moving. And I'm just like, well, they can't be trying to watch the credits because everyone stood up in front of them. They literally can't see the credits to look at them. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of people filing out. You like By the time all these people are out, the credits will be over. But they weren't moving. I was like, and then the woman, she literally put her feet up on the seat in front. So her legs were like up. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) what are you, what is this? Like, why are you like, so I climbed over into the next row and then as I walked past, I was just like, yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) Uh, Bizarre, absolutely bizarre behavior. Just like, what? What, what are you what are you remaining here for? Alexander Payne introduced the film. He's fucking back in his hotel by now. Like <laughs> and nothing else is going to happen. Like like and then put your feet up. Like you were just refusing to move. Yeah, you're not watching the credits because you can't. What? <laughs> it's like what How are you doing? Weird. How weird. And then and then during Hitman, um, lad gets his. Um, I'm showing you Dave on the camera. Just this means nothing on the uh, thing. Gets his phone out. Like uh, right near the start. Takes a picture. Too quick to do anything about. He's in the row in front, just off to the right. Yeah. About three quarters of the way through his film, there's a close-up of an actor. Out it comes again. Takes another photo. Again, it's away too quickly. Then I see him start to do it again. And I just, not even a question, I just lean over. I was just like, turn your phone off. And he's just like, with his phone, like almost drops it, just like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But it's just like, you know, like... Like, you know you're in the wrong yeah, because you're exactly. like, woo, 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 like you've been bastard. <laughs> yeah. You apologize. You know you shouldn't be doing that. So don't do it. And what are you doing? Like, I'm in a cinema. Cool. Like what? <laughs> it's this like Oh my I'm God. seeing a film. Here is proof I'm seeing this film. Like, just take a photo of your fucking ticket or a screen grab of your ticket. Take a photo of Prince Charles outside or the, where it's a holding screen that says London Film Festival. Yeah. People are just gonna have to take your word for it, you know, like 
you are having everyone listening to this and you Dave you, you're having to take my word for I saw poor things and Martin Scorsese well not Scorsese I took a photo of him um, <laughs> um, and Cobweb and um, Maestro I actually forgot a film um, it's too late to go back <laughs> there was another film I saw at London Film Festival it's called Stop Motion it's about it's a horror film it's really fucked up it's going on Shutter soon um, but you have to but you have to take your word for it that I saw these films yeah. like any film I'm going to see the Marvels tomorrow you'll just like and I'll put a review up on Letterboxd of whatever film you just have to take your word my word yeah. for it like I'm not going to take a photo of a screen to prove I'm in there. What is that? I know it's oh, it's so annoying that people need to take a picture of everything just to show mm. other people that they were there and did that. It's just oh my god, it is really really annoying. And those I've had it in cinemas where oh, I need to keep checking my phone. I'm expecting I'm expecting a phone call. I'm expecting an important phone call. Well, don't go to the fucking cinema then if yeah. you're expecting a phone yeah. call. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if, if there's something, if there's something real life is, like all of us would do that. If something real life is pressing, don't go to the cinema. No. Yeah, it's getting worse. Like I think I've spoken about it. Like just this treating of theatres and cinemas like an extension of your living room. Yeah, yeah. It's getting worse. Like obviously the pandemic, everyone was just watching films at home, and now they're just bringing it out. And mm-hmm. I think cinemas should do more um, to try and clamp down on it. Hard for them too, though, as well. With you can't have someone in there. I know, like the Prince Charles and the BFI have someone in the screens, like for duration in their big screens yeah. um, at the back. But it's hard to police. So oh, it um, is. But... It is difficult. But I mean, people should just have the common sense to go. I'm in a cinema. Everyone's here to watch a film. Just don't take your phone out. Don't yeah, take your phone yeah. out. Even I feel those... like I'm definitely telling people to turn their phone off or stop mm-hmm. talking or stop filming a screen <laughs> more, yeah. or like more than I did before the pandemic. And it's not a thing like, oh, it's because I've you know because I've moved to London or anything. Like I was, I returned to the cinema in Norwich and it was happening there. So yeah. it's not just and just from talking to people I know, it's it's a it's a thing everywhere. So. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to stop talking for a bit. I've still got more to say, but well, I've you go. I will follow on from you. Good, and I am going to good. Hand it, I am going to hand it back to you with this because this is something that you can follow. I know you can follow on from this, mate. Um, <clears throat> okay. We have had one cinema trip, right? For a lot, a lot less than you've had, um, but it was an absolute stunner, mate. So we went to the cinema, uh, and it was our local. Podium, and they were showing Return of the Living Dead, and it was yes. five pound a ticket, which is a bargain. So me, Tina, oh and Ramrod, the three of us, we went, and there were probably only about nine-ish other people in there. <clears throat> it was, you know, it was virtually empty. We had a whale of a time. Uh, none of us had ever seen it on the big screen. Um, you know, I wore the VHS down to nothing. <laughs> watched it so many times way back when. Well, you know, I've watched it loads of times since, but seeing it on the big screen, it's like any film, isn't it? It's when you see it at the cinema on the big screen, it just adds that other layer to it. And what what a film. We were just laughing all the way through. You know, it's one of those where you know every line, you know everything that's going to happen, but still it hits yeah, just as much yeah. as the first time that you watched it, it was absolutely 
incredible i'm so glad that we got to got to see it on there yeah and this is right that's a good one to just to pull out for halloween exactly mate yeah and i know this is why i'm just going to hand it straight back to you because i know we had a whatsapp conversation today to do with return of the living dead yes indeed um my odin was showing as well but i did not go uh because i'm seeing it uh oh jesus two weeks tomorrow my god what is time um at dark fest because uh the one and only and former interview guest of a show mm-hmm. then quickly is going to be there yeah um, signing doing intro of it and all of that um i'll touch on dark fest in a minute um but yeah no i got i because i was just like oh i'll get the new well the newish 4k from the um from shout factory in the states of it and that'd be nice to get a sign i think tom matthews is doing a london convention next summer as well so it's like oh nice Ooh, yeah. yeah yeah so got it off amazon i had some gift vouchers and it came i'll keep this short but uh, yeah it came yesterday and it had a, a cardboard sleeve on it uh, which i wasn't expecting mm-hmm. but that was a bit battered and i'm like well i didn't think this was getting a cardboard sleeve but i will send some feedback to amazon long story short on their live chat ended up they just refunded me to to my gift like all the 20 all 25 quid of the gift vouchers for the for it so uh yeah got it for nothing <laughs> and i've just put the gift i put the, the um the card sleeve off to the side because i was never gonna like i didn't even cross my mind that, that it was gonna have yeah, one so. yeah so uh yeah got that for nothing nice. and i uh, picked up uh the uh blu-ray of um, the shout factory blu-ray of body bags with the uh money because <laughs> i've been after that for a while so Thanks, Amazon. Yay. Nice little bonus. Yeah. yeah so, uh, but yeah, looking forward to Darkfest. I just, uh, while you were talking, I just called up the films they're showing. Um, well, they're starting with Elvira's, Elvira's Haunted Hills, which is like a more recent Elvira yeah. film. All right. Might be fun. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, the original of our Elvira film would have been preferred, but yeah. 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 Um, and then, um, then they're showing The House That Dripped Blood. Oh, okay. And then Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, mm. which I did see at the cinema last year, but it's a classic. So Oh, it is a classic. Good God, yeah. And then Return of the Living Dead. So, yeah, oh. good good afternoon of films. Yeah. And there's all sorts of, like, burlesque acts and, and short films, and there's a and a with people and stuff. And there's also, like last year, they'll have stalls and stuff, and you can yeah, meet yeah. Linnea. And they always have the, uh, the Hammer, the Ladies of Hammer, um, there as well so all the familiar faces from the hammer films um including your favorite dave will be there so um <laughs> carolyn monroe of course i'm referring to sarah nice yeah they'll all be there so yeah it's a really good day i really enjoyed it um last year so um looking forward to it in a couple of weeks again um yes yeah that'll be good. well as, as we record on friday the 10th in just two days time uh me and tina are going to manchester to for the love of horror because i bought her uh an autograph and a photo op with claire higgins julia in hellraiser of course um because tina is obsessed with her uh so tina actually is painting a portrait of her and she's going to take it to her so regular listeners might remember that um a few years ago i went to the comic con in liverpool and bert young was there Again, sadly, no longer with us. And Tina did a portrait of him, and I gave it to him and took a picture of him holding it, and he was over the moon with it. So as well as meeting Claire Higgins in a couple of days, Tina's going to get her autograph. I think she's going to get her to sign the Hellraiser. Oh, what's it called? The new 4K box from Arrow. It's called the Hellraiser that something 
something. Oh, hey, man. You, 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 you're asking me as if I went to some sort of press event for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that long enough to get the name? <laughs> Not long enough for the name to stick. <laughs> <laughs> no. I um, I, the, the box it, of secrets. I yeah, it's the, that. I think she's going to get to sign that and then she's going to get the photo. I've said to her, she should do what I did with Bert Young and what I did with um, Bridget Nielsen and Carl Weathers. It's have your photograph taken with her because they print them immediately, don't they? Yeah, they, and then, they get to sign. Yeah. yeah, and then have that photograph. I've never done signed. that either, though. So, um, yeah. Although sometimes these people are so expensive, like Chuck. Uh, I was just like, well, I can't afford both. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, one thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but no, if you're doing both, yeah, I mean, that would be good. So, yeah, she's she's painting a portrait and going to give it to us. So, um, I'm sure we'll talk about that when we record the next. Oh yeah, yeah next show. Do. I'd like yeah, quite to hear about that. Yeah, we'll have some stories, and I'll you know probably hopefully put a, a photograph up of the portrait that Dina did in the in the show notes on the website for that episode. So we've got that um, upcoming. I have just run out of. Uh, my favourite source from Dean of the Dead. So I'm going to buy a couple more bottles of that <laughs> on oh, yeah, yeah. to keep me going. I've still got the, um, the, the pool party massacre one, but it's fucking hot. Is it? <laughs> it's like, I can't, you can't, it's not something you can just have willy nilly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, good. Glad you'll be able to top up and see Dean as well. Yeah. Gonna and, for- also, um, you can, you can, you can drop into Claire like, oh, you know, not the only one who was in a Hellraiser film. Well, yeah, this is it. You know, we're we're both part of the uh, the the HCU, the Hellraiser Cinematic <laughs> Universe. How about? Yeah, we could do sort of. Yeah, I, I could. You could put to a sort of a Cop Two and Julia spin-off film. You can come together somehow. Must happen, surely. Movie magic. <laughs> is only Julia's up against. Pin ahead again, and there's only one person that can help. <laughs> Cop two from the eighth one. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't die. I didn't know. I didn't die. I'm still alive in that cinematic universe, so I could appear. I could burst through a door somewhere. Oh my god! Look, it's Cop two. Heroic music plays. <laughs> I have to give Cop two a name though, which I don't know if I'm comfortable with. Ah, uh, no, I don't know. I think you should just be stay enigmatic and and just always be referred to as Cop two. Yeah. No, nobody knows his name. Nobody knows his true identity. And they're like, who's cop one? I was like, have you not watched Goodnight Sweetheart? <laughs> have you not seen Bread? Have you not seen, <laughs> have you not seen the latest? Oh, what advert? Is in an advert? Oh, and I can't think what it's for now. Damn it. Anyway, who cares when cop two is still alive? Yeah, cop two. It's not cop one. No, cop two. Because <laughs> one happened, cop, right? one cop just isn't enough. So. Yeah, well, that's a good tagline. <laughs> nice. Also, Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we have talked a few times in the past. Robocop, the game, from when it was announced to bloody blah, blah, blah. I've got it, mate. I've got it and I've played it. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't completed okay. it yet. Uh, I've got to admit, I'm quite addicted to it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it's really good. It is, it's, for the gamers out there, it's, it's a little bit last gen in the in the graphics and the textures are, are quite flat on it and the story's okay, but the very fact um, that it's fucking RoboCop, mate, and it's voiced by him, and they've got his, his image rights and use that, and yeah, and 
getting that grumpy guts to exactly <laughs> to do that. Yeah, and it does playing it just make you feel like RoboCop. There's something the way that they've put it together, and there's some lovely Easter eggs in it. You know, for fans of the film, yeah, and you're going, nice. "Oh my god, look at that! Look at that!" Or listen to that. And I've just gone through a level, um, and Ed Two Hundred Nine's appeared, <laughs> and yeah. things happen with that. And there's all little bits that make you go, "Fucking hell, yeah, this is good." You get to shoot a guy in the dick. You do, and he holds onto his oh. dick, and he collapses on his knees, and it's like, "Oh my yeah. god, it's not a perfect game." <laughs> it is. There you go. Perfect. I mean, I think what, we've just sold a few copies of it. What more do you want than that? <laughs> People are running to Amazon or wherever. Exactly. Um, just based on that, yeah, um, amazing. Um, and talking of RoboCop, uh, that RoboDoc uh, documentary is uh, coming on Blu-ray next month. Oh, um, finally! Um, I feel that people who, because it was a Kickstarter or whatever, you, they, whatever one they used, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it's literally been about six or seven years since it started. Oh God, yeah. This is why, like, you just don't do kick. I just don't do Kickstarters for the most part because mm-hmm. it's just. Like I'm getting it on Blu-ray from Amazon, like like before a lot of people who backed it are getting theirs. <laughs> it's just like oh dear. So um, I'm looking forward yeah. to watch it though. It's done in like parts, like a TV thing, not like the Friday the Thirteenth documentary or the um, Elm Street documentary. Mm. But I'm still going to watch it all in one sitting, as if it was. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why Hopefully not? Hopefully there'll be a play all option on it um, and just smash through it so uh yeah i think it's about four and a half five hours that sort of ballpark so covers all three films the cartoon the tv show everything so cool uh, yeah looking forward to that but yeah robocop nice yeah as long as it doesn't encourage anyone to make another one that's uh, (laughs) oh god that remake oh i still get the shivers never saw it never saw it don't don't ever put yourself through that remake (laughs) don't ever do it the same with the same with the total recall remake no just just why why awful yeah well from robo i mean i'll take the next bit from keep it thematically similar yeah um film wise um for another thing i've done this last month robocop um and obviously a very similar to film to robocop is uh, a matter of life and death (laughs) (laughs) the um the powell and pressburger film yeah everybody remembers the ed 209 uh cameo appearance yeah yeah and like again someone gets a dick shot off it no, <laughs> they don't anyway the day after my final film at the london film festival i went to see a matter of life and death and i can't remember i think the tickets were six quid because there'd been some returns and for some reason they were charging only six pounds for them wow and you're like okay cool seeing an old film six pounds cool yeah um uh, with an introduction by kevin mcdonald who did like the last king of scotland and all of that mm-hmm. and the widow of powell um, Thelma Schoonmaker who for anyone who's a movie nerd will be like you fucking what yeah Thelma Schoonmaker was there wow. obviously Scorsese's editor yeah um, for almost his entire career just almost in, as big as seeing Scorsese in person yeah, yeah. And, he, and she did an intro about it and it was just like fuck so good <laughs> it, it is a great like, film it is a great film as well yeah, yeah, they're doing a huge season at the BFI. I think it's some cinemas around the country as well. It's spreading to mm-hmm. um, about Powell and Pressburger, um, like the biggest one they've ever done. The fact that it's spread over two months, uh, two and a half months, uh, says it all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping to see more in it, but it's just time. I don't yeah. Know. Um, um, and then, oh, oh, should I jump back to you? Because I've got one, two, 
afraid. <laughs> a quick afraid. sneaky raise of the eyebrows there from Tom. Oh, I want to talk about that. Okay. okay. Yeah, about three or four more bits that I've done. Okay. So. Well, I've only got one bit, and so we'll get it out so of like, the way. We'll get it oh, out okay. of the way, because I've got to press this button. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> He was loud then, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, ever since we switched to this e-cam thing, good lord, it's a lot, cool cl- it's a lot clearer sound. <laughs> yeah, good for my tinnitus, it really. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the wax out of your other ear fly straight out, Tom. That was <laughs> uh, right, four, four people to report on who have sadly passed away since we last recorded, mate. That have come across my news uh, news feed: Anthony Hickox, aged mm. just sixty-four who I think it was his first film that he directed in 88, Waxwork. Yeah. I've always loved Waxwork. I haven't seen it in ages. And what could be maybe a future rewatch pick? Because I've not seen it for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I always remember really, really enjoying it back in the VHS days. And uh, yeah, 64, again, not really very old. Uh, no, he, not at all. And at younger than that, age 60, Jeff Burr. Uh, he's mm. passed away. Uh 1989's Stepfather 2. I love Stepfather and Stepfather 2. Stepfather 2? I don't know if I've seen a sequel. Yeah, it's good, mate. I love, oh, yeah. I love, I love both of those. Um, there, was this, there was a remake of The Stepfather. There was. I never saw it. No, I'm pretty sure. Man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've never seen it. Um, it's a video, I think. Yeah. It's one of those which is, oh, okay. I'll stick with the original. Yeah. Um, in the 60s, again, age 67, Steve Riley, drummer, uh, Keel, Wasp, LA Guns, classic 80s bands. Uh, I did an interview with him back in 2020, so if you've not heard that, go and dig it into uh, our past podcasts and have a listen to that one. He was a really nice guy to chat to. And like I said to him when I was chatting to him, you know the times I saw him back in Wasp. He, you know, he played on the first four Wasp albums, which for me... Yeah is the best work that they've done. Uh, yeah. So, shocking news that he died. And then the big one, of course, for us, mate, I think I'm confident in saying that, is Burt Young, who died aged 83. And yeah. And I mentioned yeah. earlier about meeting him and giving him the, you know, the portrait that Tina painted of him, and he was so lovely. He was, yeah, you know... I can, I'm looking at the, uh, the photo over Sly's shoulder almost. In, yeah, <laughs> great yeah. photo. Yeah, I always remember when you went... And he said how nice he was. Oh. He was just seemed like a nice guy. From um, he used to post on Instagram a bit. I don't think he think he dropped off a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he always just seemed a really nice, uh, really nice guy. And, my, and you know, like obviously we'll always remember poorly. But you know, yeah. some other was it back to school? He was oh, in yeah, with yeah. Yeah. Field and um, uh, was it was it the Pope of Greenwich Village um, as well? He was in um, he was in a lot of films. Um, but I've got to say, mate. And I wish I could have found it before we recorded this, but you sent me uh, a screenshot. I think it was from a tweet of somebody about Paulie's character. Let me try and find it and quickly. How if you, uh, if you... <laughs> I will keep talking while you try to find that, because when you sent it to me, I'd never really thought of Paulie as the character like this. I mean, because we've talked in the past about the Rocky films, and we've said about Adrian... And how she's constantly belittling Rocky and telling him his shit that we picked up on. But then when you think of the the story arc of Paulie across all of the Rocky films, 
which, you know, of course, by Rocky Balboa, he's died, hasn't he? Um, mm. And then, no, he hasn't. No, what am I talking about? Rocky Balboa, he's he's there with Rocky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully you can find that tweet. And if if not, I'll stick. I'll stick an image and it'll give us time to, to find it because it was really amazing of how he starts as... Is it something like an abusive? He begins. He begins the, his story arc as a, an abusive brother. Then he goes to something. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to find. I'm going to do one one last search on our chat, but I think it's we chat too lost. much, mate. We All chat right. too much. This is why you can't find it. You're going to have to scroll back ages because <laughs> of the amount of messages that we send to each other on WhatsApp. It's that you won't find yeah. it. What I will say then is if we can find it, check out the podcast notes on the website uh, because that's where, if there's any images yeah. ever involved, they were always on the podcast notes for the, yeah, for the website. I'll, um, yeah, I'll try and find it on Twitter again. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's sort of like, it's very much like Gary said, it's very much about Paulie's character arc, um, which is, when you look back at it, you take a step back, is mental. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> Falls in love with the uh, robot. Yeah. Falls in love with the robot. Yeah. Loses Rocky's yeah. fortune. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean he'll always yeah like as you know like he's done some great films but um china he's in chinatown as oh well, my god start china. but he'll always be poorly it's yeah. such an iconic character yeah um, yeah just yeah incredible um yeah a big loss there it is and that's all i've got mate so i'll hand it over to you shakespeare <laughs> what? i've been having a, i've been doing a bit of shakespeare so um, a few Saturdays ago, I went to see King Lear. Okay. With uh, Kenneth Branagh uh, directing and starring as King Lear. Um, from what I've been told, mainly by Tina, it was quite a truncated version as it's only two hours long. Um, it was Now I say I was at the Wyndham Theatre in London, uh, which is right by Leicester Square Tube. And I say they were the cheap seats. Um, they're ones at the back. There's like two little rows at the back, uh, which are raised up on steps. So like it's clear view, no heads in your way. Um, but the top of the stage is just cut off. But um, this is Shakespeare. Like no one's flying, no one's going to be harnessed up or anything. So um, yeah, twenty five quid. I was more than happy with these seats. And yeah, the dialogue, the the Shakespeare ease. I was a bit like it took me about ten fifteen minutes. It's been a long time since I was in school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I uh, I kept up and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Then after I got, and it finished at half nine, amazing. Um, and then um, <laughs> when I got home, I was talking to Chris Howard about all things, you know, Shakespeare, and he'd mentioned he always wanted to go. To, he'd always wanted to go to the Globe. And Ooh, okay. Christmas coming up for um, Halloween weekend, we always do something like yeah, we try and do something spooky together, you know. But we hadn't actually made any plans yet, other than Chris was coming up. Um, so I went and I went on today ticks and there was a 24 hour promotion on, on tickets to see as you like it at the globe, but um, tickets would normally about be almost 60 quid each and they were 15, one five. And then we were just like, should we just do this then? So mm. yeah, the following Saturday, more Shakespeare went to the globe. Oh my God, what a beautiful <laughs> building. Yeah. Like, like where people sat and watched Shakespeare, you know, when it was written, you yeah, know, yeah. performed originally. Um, incredible um yeah as you like and like by then i was like 
fully up on all the dialogue. So yeah, really funny. <laughs> they played to the crowd a lot. They did a bit of ad libbing and stuff. Um, kept it with contemporary because there's some musical performances and like they used contemporary songs in the musical dancing bit. I guess if you were watching it in the 90s, they'd have used 90s songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kept it contemporary in that way. Um, but yeah, no, amazing. Not like not so amazing for the people who had to stand because you pay less and you stand. But mm. it's an open air thing and there is a danger it will rain on you. And my God, did it rain a few times. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So heavy as well. We were like everywhere seated. So obviously, it's like an oval. And everywhere seated is undercover. Yeah. You just need a cushion for your ass because they're wooden, wooden <laughs> seat. But no, it was just amazing to, to be there and watch a show there. Nothing I ever like was just like, oh, the first thing I do when I get to London is I'm going to go to the Globe. Uh, but it was something that was just like, oh, yeah, I'll do that at some point. So, yeah. no, really, really glad I did. That's good. Yeah, that's really good that you ticked off. And uh, I will jump in, mate, because, holy shit, never. Oh, it, yes, has, yes. Has this show yeah, this ever, is re- very relevant. ever been so cultured in the history of our 12 years of podcasting together? But I think it's going to be before we record the next show that me and Tina uh, are going to see um, Ray Fiennes in Macbeth. Yeah, a little bit more yeah. Shakespeare. That's going to be incredible. Yeah, so we're going to Liverpool and um, Macbeth. That's a fucking yeah. The play in that it's opening up in Liverpool, and I think it's going to Edinburgh and London before yeah, then going, going to London. I'll... going to America, but the playing in different spaces. The play we're seeing them in like this yeah. warehouse place, apparently. Um, yeah, that so, sounds incredible. And yeah. got good seats as well, Martina said. So, yeah, that's yeah. Gonna be so good. So, that's, that's, that uh, be good. that's just before Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, so there we go, mate. How, how about that? Quite a bit of Shakespeare right. chat in this episode. <laughs> I don't think that's ever we need happened. To, we, need to bring it, we need to bring it down. I mean, uh, big cocks. <laughs> that better. We have the, tits. The, uh, tits. Let's talk about tits to get things back on track. <laughs> the the spin off show that we'd do with, yes, let's do the culture show. Let's talk about Shakespeare yeah. for a while. Or, you know, we could do like if you had to take five cocks and tits to Desert <laughs> Island. Or... <laughs> Desert Island. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> Tweet any suggestions. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Moving oh, on, back, back to you, mate. Uh, end of culture. Um, I think that was it, actually. Oh, yeah, um, just just a movie recommendation. Again, don't know if you'd like it, Dave. Um, mm. There is a new film out called Bottoms. Um, Emma Seligman, yeah. who directed Shiva Baby, which was fantastic, uh, directs it. Very different tone um, mm. to this one. Um, uh, it's I saw it um, at like a Odeon Limitless screening uh, a couple of Mondays ago, and then very quickly bought a ticket to see it at the Rio in Dalston because um, okay. Emma Seligman was there doing an intro last Saturday, and it is one of my favourite films of the year. It's about, if you don't already know, it's about um, two high school girls who are just they they are referred to by everyone, including like the principal, as the ugly, unpopular gays, <laughs> and um, <laughs> they decide in a very funny uh, set of events to do an after-school fight club um, so they can pull <laughs> some of the cheerleaders. Um, okay, so now and- now I'm interested because I did watch Shiva Baby and I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't overly impressed. I was, okay, okay, you know. I, I may yeah. at some point may watch it again, but yeah. I would never go out of my uh, way 
So, but from what you've just said, that has sort of piqued my interest in it. Yeah, the humour, obviously, just the description of it makes it very different from Shiva Baby. Exactly, but yeah. It's 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 a, it's ridiculous, but it's also quite heartwarming as well. It, it does a balance so well. Um, and at one point, this in the UK, this like it's been, it's out on digital in the states already. It's long come out in the states. Yeah, but. Um, it was just going to get dumped on Amazon Prime in the UK, oh, um, and then wow. there was a lot of people on Twitter, me included, were like, oh, "This, this is shit! Like, mm. this is supposed to be like it was number one on Letterbox for the best part of a month, um, and it only got a limited release in the states, and that was during the same time Barbie and Oppenheimer were out, and it was number Whoa. one on Letterbox for almost a month solid. And Warner Brothers in the UK, they changed their mind and put it in cinemas. So, <laughs> like last Saturday, was like a sold out screen. Good. People howling with laughter. Brilliant. It's so good. It's like, again, another one. Such a good year for films. But yeah, really recommend Bottoms. It's, uh, it's very good. Um, it sounds yeah. like you're you're going to be hard pushed to pick, you know, when you come to the end of the year and you do your top five, top ten or whatever. It sounds like you're going to have a bit of a job, mate. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. At the moment, I've got it in my head, but... Uh, they're all films I've, I've mentioned in this podcast uh, as mm-hmm. a top three, but that might change. Uh, but it's just like, I mean, Rachel Sennett, I'm a huge Rachel Sennett fan. Um, she was in Shiva Baby. She was in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, I just think she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, um, and A.O. Edaberry, who's in the, that, the, what's it called? The, the one about the cook, the chef on Disney Plus. Oh, the, uh, uh, the menu. The bear. Oh, no, is it of a bear? Is it called the TV show? Oh, I do. Oh, TV. Me and TV, mate. You'll know. I will. Yeah, never, I know. If, I've become the same. If um, it's a TV show, yeah, you know, the bear. It's it, yeah. It's called the bear. It's wildly popular. And I do want to try and start watching it, but I'm, yeah, I feel like I've got a block on TV shows at the moment. Mm-hmm. But she's in it as well. She's having like a. She was in Theatre Camp. She did voices for the last Spider-Verse film and the turtle recent Turtles film. Like these are both like stars on the rise. They're so good, and like, everyone's brilliant in it. But yeah. it's just so fucking good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It was so funny. Nice. Um, up to a point where like I'd only seen it five days prior, and I happily went back to see it again. Not just because the director was there doing a Q and A. Another but, director. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, I told you they were doing heavy lifting, but um, but not just for that, but the fact just the thought of seeing it in a sold out screen. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's like one of those one of those ones. But um, I mentioned earlier, actually, I've almost forgotten about this about um, that maybe it's a good idea to do the QR code questions. Yes. So one of the people it got went to audience Q and A, audience questions, um, and the question was asking about the initials of one of the characters. Fine, mm-hmm. uh, and then she was just like, I think she meant to ask, is one of the characters in Bottoms? Um, meant to be autistic what they said was did you mean to write it autistically <laughs> it sounded very different and caused a lot of like you know like she was just like even you know, just, no like the character in question it never like didn't even cross my mind that they might be autistic yeah um, yeah and it's just like sometimes you're just like oh my god don't give these people a live mic um, <laughs> let's say that sometimes yeah. a, um, I've got a friend who went to see Garth Marenghi, um, obviously that Matthew Holness, his comedy character, mm-hmm. at the weekend, same day, I think. And they had an audience Q&A. And someone asked him about the situation in, like, with Israel and Palestine. 
What? And he had to stop a show, break character, and say, like, no, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Like, maybe the best way of a future is the QR code. Yeah. Scanning. And if your question's good enough, it gets read out. And it's a shame because you lose that, you know. Because even though, even if you're, like, they think you're going to ask something, you could always change your question with a microphone in your hand. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it'd be a shame to lose that. But pe- people can't be trusted with a live mic. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's some of the true. questions people, I've, I've seen people come out with at these Q&As, I'm sure you have in the past, just yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I remember yeah. when, before I met Sly at that evening with, and went to, um, you know, like a, an in-conversation with him in London. Yeah, you, yeah in London. I remember that. You went to a Went to a that. And one. then, of course, so that was opened up to Q&A with the audience. And you think, you know, you've only, let's say for argument's sake, there's 15 minutes. He's got 15 minutes to take questions from the audience. Mm. And this really was, with no exaggeration, if it was 15 minutes, 10 minutes were people getting the mic and just going, I love you, Sly. I love you. And that wasn't me, by the way. I love you, Sly. <laughs> you were like, I love him more. <laughs> <laughs> that was hitting them, taking the mic. <laughs> they don't love you as much as I do. And uh, and then, okay, oh, thank you. Thank you. You've got a question. No, I just wanted to say I love you. Oh, and God. it's like, okay, hand to the next person. I love you, Sly. It's like, oh, my. Okay. Look, we've got 15 minutes. Let's pick his brains about stuff. Yeah, like, can we actually have a question? Yeah. So, um, so I know what you mean with, you know. You was, get that, was that, no, it's so the one where you met him where you got your question asked about his art, wasn't it? Yeah, I asked him about his artwork and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, but, that's a good one. That's yeah. a, you know, that's something different as well. Something different. I think that's like why, yeah, I think that's why he got picked to be the first question because it was something a little bit different and i think why he was yeah. interested in answering it because obviously you yeah. know his, his artwork is something that he's got a big interest in and a big passion for so yeah, yeah. nick if, cave was a good one at shutting the shit down when i saw him at um uh, uh well festival hall doing that um q a about his book you know like the guy who starts rambling on about like he asks a question and he starts rambling on and on and like he literally shut him down and said oh, okay yeah i know what question you're asking like stopped him answering yeah. and moved on the one that asked about the loss of his other child where he'd like legitimate like gone out of his like clearly gone out of his way that he didn't want to talk about it because he hasn't referenced it in the book yeah, or yeah. In the talk and then straight away like she's just like oh what about you and it's just like he was really good at just shutting people down in a that's what you want like way because that's the other thing isn't it with people with the microphones and they won't shut up they, you know mm. if they do ask a question and then it gets answered and then you just can't get the mic off them because they just keep as though i'm having a chat with you now and that's it nobody yeah. else is having the microphone <laughs> Yeah, no more live mics. It's it's, yeah. it's sad, but yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I'm done talking. Right. Well, we shall disappear for a few minutes, and we will be back uh, with my first time movie watch. So yeah, have a listen to this. Now you can get everything you ever wanted in a movie, in one movie. You can get high, get low, get flipped, get a glow, get hung, get bizarre, get a plane, get a car, get out. Get in. Get religion. Get sin. 
Get caressed. Get undressed. Get molested. Get arrested. Evening, officer. But most of all, get crazy! Get it while it's hot. Get it if you're not. Come and get it. Get crazy! What Animal House did to college, an airplane did to flying, Get Crazy does to rock and roll. Get Crazy, coming soon to a theater near you. Well, my first time movie watch is from 1983. It is a comedy. I use that term very lightly. Uh, comedy musical. It's more of a fucking musical than anything. Uh, it's an hour 32, and it's get, get crazy. It's an hour 32 in length, but it seems like five hours. Uh, it's currently it's currently a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb from 1.4,000. IMDb is terrible. God, go to Letterbox, people. That, that, that's where the movie fans are. <laughs> the synopsis on IMDb is mega promoter Colin Beverly plans to sabotage the New Year's 1983 concert of small-time operator Max Wolf. Wolf's assistants Neil Allen and Willie Loman find romance while trying to save the drugs, violence, and rock and roll from Beverly's schemes. Oh, where can you begin with this? This for me, mate. This was awful to be to begin. To be quite honest, let's get that out of the way. Uh, I wasn't expecting as many like full songs in it. There's, I lost track of how many full songs, which wouldn't be so bad if the songs were any good, really. There was a, there was a couple that were all right. Yeah, I think there was one. I can't remember it. There um, was one I didn't mind. There was one. I think the one I enjoyed the most was, surprisingly, and I'm assuming that he sung it, although I'm not entirely sure, uh, was by Malcolm McDowell, who's in it, who plays a character called Reggie Wanker which gives you a handle on the type of humour on this. Even though it's a 1983 movie, I found that the humour in it was very 1970s... Well, you've used this word already in this episode, screwball, um, off-the-wall humour, but trying way, way too hard to be funny. You know when things like try to be funny and push being funny rather than just naturally being funny and then nine times out of ten they're not funny and this this really this really wasn't funny to me it was we got bored by it um mm. and this that just to preempt both films i can't remember it quite a lot about this film and the next one they were they were instantly wiped from my memory because it was they were thankfully you aren't going to be long chats about the films these are week. not going to thank god we had a lot to talk about at the beginning bit of this because with the, f- the films i don't know about you mate but i've not got a lot about to say about these because again the, the comedy was awful uh the songs were just terrible apart from the odd exception and I did, I never got into it. You know, with a film, sometimes it can start quite bad and it can take a while to, you know, get that huck into you. And once the huck's into you, and then you can get into it, you can get into that world yeah. and, and you can you can get into the characters. It never happened with this. 
the longer it went on, I just found the characters more annoying with that, we're trying to be funny. We're trying to be funny. To the point where, no, it's not funny. I didn't laugh once in this film whatsoever. And for uh, a comedy, you know, we've we've cited, you know, Mark Kermode's six laugh test many times. Uh, you know, if you laugh six times, it's supposed to be a comedy. You laugh six times, there you go, it's past the test. It's a comedy. When you don't laugh once watching a comedy, it's not a comedy. Yeah, no, I think, like, yeah, I agree with what you said. Um, um, I just, and I also think, I don't think it was a film that was particularly interested in getting its hooks into people. Mm. Felt like it's something that had its target audience because it just starts off with uh, air quotes wacky stuff from the off. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. like you don't really get a chance to get into it, and it just feels like a big in joke that you're not part of it's um perfect yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like you're just like it just like there's a daniel stearns in it and he, he meets this woman in the first like two or three minutes like comes to the set of a staging um place and like she has like a fantasy scene about her like immediately and you're like oh wait what okay is it this sort of film like can you know like um, it's just launches straight into it, mm. and, and I, I saw one positive review on Letterbox liking it to like a live action Mad magazine. But like, it's just, I mean, it's that sort of like, look, look we're so crazy, like we're trying too hard. We're t- <laughs> look how crazy you are. We're mad, aren't we? Yeah. You know that sort of like, it's no, like the, you're just fucking it, boring. Yeah, and it's like not. And like Malcolm McDowell, like almost like he raised a couple of smiles. I think Malcolm McDowell just going for it in such a ridiculous way raised a couple of smiles, which mm. I think I went one and a half on um, Letterboxd. Um, but it was just like you say, it was dull. It's just like none of it was particularly funny. You like, um, it was just it's just one of those, just like. I suppose you had to be there if you're there, you know, if you're into that sort of wacky humour at that particular point in 1983, hmm. you might have got something. I mean, so a lot of people have got something out of it. I think the person who has given it the most positive reviews on Letterboxd, however, was the director, who I think <laughs> has reviewed it five or six times, um, once slating it a bit and then the rest of the time giving it five stars. Because he gave, like every time he was doing a preview, like screening for a Blu-ray release or, or watching the blu-ray for release he's fucking doing a review about it um <laughs> at least someone enjoyed it but yeah. uh, but some people seem to like it but it's very much like i feel like if we were with our humor that way inclined in 1983 and that came out and that was exactly what we wanted it would probably have a lot of nostalgia for it but watching it 40 years later in the cold light of day yeah not not really our sort of humor i guess we were both just sat there like what is this? <laughs> yeah, not our humour. Not, not a lot of story to it. It was, it was like you know, if anywhere, if any workplace has still got the sign that says you don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. It's oh like, my god, yeah. It's like that. It's not. It's no. It's not funny anymore. It's just not funny. It's annoying, and that's that's the feeling I got from that. To the point where, you know, unfortunately for an audio podcast, I've not got a lot to say about it because it was just nothing. No, it was nothing at all. I couldn't find it. It's not boring. No, well, yeah, not... I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah, true. I will give it that, that it's not boring. 
just struggling. It's it's not boring, but I think I put it on my letterbox. It's not boring, but it's tiresome. Like yes, yeah. Like there's just it doesn't stuff doesn't stop happening and it's happening and bam, 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 this happens and this happens, this happens, this happens, but none of it I could tell you what any of it was because it's just forgettable. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I only remember, I can't even remember what happened in the dream sequence with Daniel Stern, but the fact it just happened so early on in the film, um, that was the only thing I could really remember about it. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I was just like, what a weird thing to happen so early on. I can't remember exactly what it was. He was dressed up like a Tarzan at one point, Daniel Stern. Yeah. There's these... a running joke about Lou Reed's Lou Reed's in it, yeah. by the way. Uh, <laughs> he's like um, he's basically playing himself but in a different name. Mm-hmm. And he's invited to this New Year's event. And he wants to take the scenic route in a taxi, and most of the film is just when it cuts back to him, he's still in the taxi, he shows up at the end when it's too late. Ha <laughs> oh. ha Lou Reed uh, yeah, like no one cares. Yeah, it's like it's that comedy thing of you know, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. But for me, yeah, that, nothing that stuck was a, for me. A non-stick wall. It was everything <laughs> slid very slowly down the wall. <laughs> Didn't yeah, stick. almost as if it was shit. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I mean, so, you. I mean, I know we always say like we look on Letterbox now. And you did, but I mean, I maybe you just saw all these four, like fucking amazing reviews about realizing they're from a director. Right? <laughs> from the director, I got misled by the. Because I saw them, I was just like, "Oh wait a minute, these got all the same." I was like, "This is the same person." They clicked on, "He's a director." <laughs> I was just like, uh, "That's before I watched it." I was just like, "Oh, I should have." Right yeah. of a wall there. This, this is a new thing now. When we go to Letterbox to go, oh, okay, is this worth you know the pick that I'm going to do for this episode, as well as just going from you know, the score, have a look who wrote the reviews and see if it's like director, cast member or whatever. Yeah, did you work? Yeah. Did you work on this film? Yeah. And bumping up I mean, the that's scores. a thing. I think like, I, I know, cin- I mean, I don't think it's the same really, but I know cinema chains like View and Cinema would have letterboxed accounts now. They just seem to give everything five stars. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because you, you want people to go. I think that skews things a little, but yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, new condition for our viewing. Um, <laughs> I mean, some people do like it, but I think it's very much a very. I think they remember it when it came out. I can't, yeah. I mean, I might be wrong, but I'd be hard pressed to see someone fresh sit down forty years later, watch it for the very first time, and get that much out of it. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to hear if if anybody listening to this has watched it um, either back in the day or recently. And wants to let us know their thoughts. You know, if you did enjoy it, let us know why. But definitely not for me, mate. Not at all. No, same. We will not be watching that again. No, that is definitely never going to be watched again. Um, yeah, let let's move quickly on to your rewatch pick, and let's see if this will ever be watched again, or was worth, I should say, worth a rewatch pick. This is Eric. <laughs> Eric Benford. Double cross and squealers, both here. I go to a lot of movies. It's my thing. <laughs> you know what I do to squealers? <laughs> Why don't you live in the real world with the rest of us? If you're so smart, Stella, tell me what James Cagney's name was in White Heat. Benford is he's sick in the head. He's like retarded or something. Here's to us. Top of the world. I'm a great admirer. I just wanted to meet you. Happy 
So my rewatch pick uh, is from 1980, um, a turn of a decade. It's a horror because I thought we were going to do horror, but Dave, it was we horrific. left it so long. It was horrific. We, we rolled into November, so, <laughs> so um, it's fine. Oh, I'm representing the horror for October, even though I didn't watch it in October. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. Fade to Black. Um, so uh, Fade to Black is a 6.1. On IMDb, I'm coming on, I'm coming on to IMDb as well. The um, synopsis is a shy, lonely film buff embarks on a killing spree against those who browbeat and betray him, all while stalking his idol, a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. A very accurate description of what happens in this film. It actually. is. Yeah, it is. Um, it uh, stars Dennis Christopher, who I, I think he was in the It. He was in It, like the original It. Um, oh, okay. um, uh, Tim Thomason. I oh, mean... Uh, Fair now, enough. I've got yeah. a bone to pick with you immediately, Dave. <laughs> Tim Thomason in this film. You gave this film on Letterboxd a star and a half. I did. Tim Thomason's tash in this movie is enough <laughs> for a two-star rating. <laughs> it is a slug of a tash. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is a good one. Granted, it is a good one. Um, and it's also got a young Mickey Rourke in it. Yeah, a very young Mickey Rourke. So... Um, I liked this film um, when I first saw it, and I liked it now. I think the reason I see a lot in it is because you know it's it's a story that could be told today, but in different ways. Like it's mm. like I have um, in uh, like when I used to crew on uh, wrestling, wrestling. Like I have seen toxic fandom very closely. Mm. I mean, very close to it, which is and it's 
horrible. And then, unfortunately, the more time you spend on Twitter now, like you see, like with films, like if you just have it with films, like there is a lot of like toxic fandom. And like, obviously, this is different, but there is very much like with Eric Binford, the character in it, the way he's talking to people about films is like he is to use like what language from today he is gatekeeping like all these people and it's like i can see so much of what it's like online today in mm. that and this film is like 43 years old mm. and he's just like oh don't you know what so-and-so's name in you know so, such and such a film is oh you know like all that sort of thing and it's so <laughs> accurate to what it thing things are still like today and i think that's why i get so much out of it mm. um, and i know we'll get to what you thought of it i know that's why i know you didn't like it but i think that's why maybe if uh, the world wasn't you know people weren't as fucking ridiculous on social media um you know like fandoms aren't as toxic as they were maybe i wouldn't but i just maybe it's because i think i just see so much of what the world is like today in it and i'm just like wow this film was like predicting this shit and <laughs> also yeah, yeah. I think, you know, like, I think it, Dennis Christopher's performance is incredibly Marmite, but I really admire just like, he just goes for it in this film. He just goes for it in. So basically, he's his character. He lives with his aunt, um, who's just this ridiculous, almost 1950s caricature, mm-hmm. loud mouth, like the description browbeats him, like, get a proper job you can't live here what's all this movie stuff because his room's <laughs> for the movie stuff yeah and um yeah and uh he you know he's he works at a film part-time at this uh, like a film studio place he's like he's sort of like treated a bit shitty there even though like he'd think he wouldn't um and he meets he bumps into this girl who looks who's called i think she's is she called marilyn um yeah, Marilyn O'Connor, mm-hmm. whatever, who's got like a bit of Marilyn Monroe about her. Her and a friend are Australians who have come over for uh, come over to the states, um, and um, they actually arrange a date. He gets on with her, she gets on with him. They have a date. She completely forgets about it. We're living in a time before phones and social media here. Um, she just mm-hmm. forgets and goes on goes to drink with someone else, um, and then it, it just sets him off. And through his favourite films, he dressed up as a vampire a cowboy all sorts to um pick off everyone there's not as much murder and killing like it's not as, it's not that gruesome really it's not. no it's not is it um but uh yeah so that's that's sort of a gimmick of a film all the different outfits and all the different sort of gimmicks he uses mm. to off these horrible people so um yeah that's you know i yeah i enjoyed it because of a performance i enjoyed it because um uh just how it mirrors life now I yeah think. so dave you've seen this before did you have any like recollection of it i had zero recollection of it honestly nothing you know sometimes and we talked you know about this in past episodes where i'll say you know we'll pick a rewatch film i'll go oh, i've not watched that since back in the days of vhs can't remember anything about it. And then it'll start and you'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that. But, you know, it triggers bits in your mind. All the way through this, nothing was triggered whatsoever. It's like I couldn't remember a bloody thing about it. Uh, I did, intrigued by the premise of it, disappointed by the execution of it. Um, 
I think you used the right word when you talked about Dennis Christopher's performance as being Marmite mm. because me and Tina, oh, he got on our nerves with it. I can see that. It's, yeah. it's it's one of those performances where you can, you know, you can enjoy it, but you can sit, stand back from it and be like, yeah, I can see why people would be really annoyed by it. Yeah, and I think it is. And so I think if you can lock into a bit more into his performance, you are going to get more out of the film. Whereas he did help to alienate us from everything that was that was happening in the film. Uh, it's a tricky thing with that sort of character though. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because maybe, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this <laughs> film or not. Maybe it's because it's like a sort of person that you see on Twitter or social media nowadays. And you're just like, Oh fucking hell. Jeez. What a dickhead. Yeah. And it's literally like, it will be 40 years earlier. Like it's that sort of gatekeeping movie nerd. Hmm character and you know maybe that's why i mean i don't know that's maybe maybe that's why you like people are put off him a bit like his character and that's alienates him from the film yeah no i think that's a really good point that you brought up uh, you know and about how that reflects you know like you said you know 40 plus years after this was made and the stuff that is going on in social media is a really good mm. point to make and you go oh yeah and you can read that into it um there was a bit i've got to say there was a bit in it uh, where and, and considering you know he's such a big movie nerd, uh, you know, like you said, he's quoting lines from from films and he's going to people. Oh, oh, and you don't know who played whatever in this film. So he he's in a cinema. He's in a real cinema at one point in the film. So obviously, you know, they've they've hired a cinema. They've got use of a cinema a screen. I think that was up to it. And I forget, I don't know if he uses his, I mean, maybe you can remember Tom, but I don't know if he uses his fist or he does something, but he starts twatting the screen and he moves away from it. And there's like real the proper, there's like about three, four, five big dents in this movie screen that he's really done. And I thought, whoever owns that cinema is going to be so pissed off yeah. with these filmmakers that the screen has got all these fucking big dents in it now was, uh, but that's pretty sad when that's my biggest takeaway from the film is somebody, like, hitting the screen and fucking it up. Was there any point in the film, like, um, obviously we've been film nerds for most of our lives. Hmm. Was there any point where you saw anything, like, whether you are now or how you used to be or in Eric Binford, like, as, you know, as a fellow film nerd in some respect? I mean, yeah, there is things where a lot of things that happen in life... I'll sort of relate to movies or will elicit like a line from a movie from me that probably most people around me will not recognize with sort of not, I wouldn't say an obsession with film, but we, I, I'm sure that we, we watch a lot more films than, you know, the average yeah. person. We watch a lot more films than the average person. I think on my letterbox, I think average it's somewhere between nine and ten films a week. Yeah, I'm about seven. Yeah, but, but some people, like and like I, you know, like Finn, who I used to live with, he he loves films, but he watches two or three a month. Yeah, you know, um, and that's fine. But it's well, unless you're Eric Binford, but it's probably not. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, there was the bit. I I mean, I think it, it harkens back to what I was talking about about cinema like how people are in cinemas now but the bit where he shushes someone in an incredibly stern way in the yes, cinema yes. i was just like oh shit it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh god i'd do that <laughs> but like, you would do I with don't us, see yeah. myself in this character yeah so, uh, 
Whilst, but I did do it whilst dressed up as a vampire, though, so that was it. Yeah, that's fair enough, then. <laughs> not yet, anyway. But it's not just the amount of films either, is it? You know, it's it's watching a film and taking it in and knowing directors and actors. Yeah, and oh, it, yeah. And yeah. watching films because a certain director did it or going, oh, yeah. so-and-so's the cinematographer, so that's going to be awesome, or so-and-so's done the score for it and recognising that. It's... it's it sort of encompasses everything about film, doesn't it? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, there was just that X factor where it just really didn't click with me. And like, like the other one, it was you know I watched while well, I watched this one last night, and then it's like, no, was it the night? See, I can't remember what night I watched it. it was like the last night, or the night before. I can't remember loads about it. And I thought really? that's why I know now why, even though it was a long time ago when I watched it on VHS. This is this yeah. is why I can't remember much about it because yeah, I just found yeah. it instantly forgettable. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I I'm glad you enjoyed like, it. I felt like the um, like although they weren't particularly gruesome or anything like that, some of the kills, like but like mm. I was the one where he's the cowboy and he's got like the weird face mask on when he spoilers when he knocks off Mickey Walk and the other lad. Yeah, um, like that's always been because he just looks so weird. Like if a, the mask he uses, yeah, like yeah. a cowboy, it looks really fucking strange and. You know, and it's just it's just a bit of a strange film. And, it is strange, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just this weird low budget thing. But you know, they've got like you like you knew like the fact that they they've actually used clips of you know like you see briefly see Christopher Lee as Dracula. I think it's Christopher Lee's Dracula and this mm. and that from like actual films. And it's just like you just set your watch to like any minute now you'll see a bit of Night of the Living Dead, and that's <laughs> what they want because obviously they can. They can use that it's public um, domain, isn't it? Yeah. It. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I um, think there's a lot to it, and it's just a really interesting film to watch mm. these days. Yeah, it is. It was. It was good to see a young Mickey Rourke as well. Oh God, yeah, very young. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think I don't think I'll watch it again. Got to be honest with you, mate. That no, that is fair, and I can see why mm-hmm. um, in some cases especially dennis christopher it is as i say very marmite performance i'll watch it again i'm sure in a few years once spooky season i'll put it back on i've got the blu-ray from vinegar syndrome so mm-hmm. uh yeah which is nice i mean all of their stuff is nice so, oh yeah um, yeah definitely yeah so uh yeah so um well we don't do that stuff anymore but well let's see then if the next episode's picks <laughs> if uh if we can improve on that oh i don't know if you picked that up there's the I Friday, did. the chipper, fish and chip van is here in Wales. So let's let's come back after this. Ooh, your time for a first time movie, mate. And we've talked about this again on WhatsApp. It is getting a bit tricky sorting out these first-time movie watches. Yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes, I guess, as we carry on. Um, as it's, uh, um, you know, what what haven't we seen? It gets, yeah. it gets tough. But I found one. It's all right. I found one. And okay, guys, it's fine. It's about a possessed lawnmower. <laughs> You've been asking. <laughs> at last, at last, you finally picked a possessed lawnmower movie. Yeah, the Letterboxd reviews seem to be, in, like I said to um, you earlier, David, they seem to be in line with our beliefs about, uh, what you know, that sort of film. Yeah. It's um, it's it's not a trauma film, but it was distributed by trauma. They, like, oh, like, okay. Trauma aren't involved. It's not like a Lloyd Kaufman yeah. 
uh, thing, but they just distributed it. But it's from 1989. Um, it's it's called Blades. Mm. Uh, from what I can tell, it's Caddyshack meets Jaws. I don't know. We'll what? see. Never even heard of it. Never mind. Never watched it. And of course, for some reason, beyond understanding, it's on Amazon Prime. So obviously, it's on Amazon Prime. If you're going to go for a film like this, that's the only place you're going to find it, really. Oh. Good Lord. Well, it will be something. Yes, it will. Whether that's a good something or not, we shall find out. I'm optimistic. I'm okay. optimistic. Well, my rewatch pick um, was inspired by the only cinema trip we've done recently which i've talked about where we saw return of the living dead so the sequel which was released in 1988 the imaginatively titled return of the living dead part two which i know i've watched quite a few times again i haven't watched this since the days of vhs and if i was on some sort of tv quiz and they said right here's ten thousand pound tell us something about return of the living dead part two I wouldn't win £10,000. But I think it's going to be one of those that on the rewatch, it would start and I'd go, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen next. But my memory of it. So I looked and I think, because I always check your letterbox, mate. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was about 10, was it 10 years ago the last time you watched it? Something like that. You've not watched it for a yeah, while. Yeah, 2012. So, um, I mean, I, exactly the same. Exactly the same. Um, I think that was DVD. Um but I can't remember a thing about it. Mm. So interesting. Yeah, I look forward to, uh, especially after watching the first one, it'll be quite fresh in my memory. So. Yeah, well, I, and I thought as well, so I picked this film and then, honestly, mate, it was the very the very next day when you left me the message and you were telling me about your 4K disc of Return of the Living Dead. I said, oh, well, that's fortuitous that I'm going to pick the sequel. So, yeah, there you go. Return of the Living Dead Part 2 from 1988 is the rewatch pick. It's, it's, uh, it's a double horror bill, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> we get there eventually, mate. Might be a little slow, but we do get there. That's us. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's it. I mean, you know, usual ends. I'm sure people know. The website, bookmarked their homepage, 60mw.co.uk, numerical, 60, not alphabetical. Everything is on there, all the podcasts, the news reviews, everything, links to our social media. Um, the best thing that you can do as a listener, uh, obviously, apart from subscribing to these shows, is tell your friends. If you think any friends would like these shows or any of the other ones that we do, um, help pass the word. And me and you, mate, will be back for one more show this year before we shut down for a bit for Christmas and New Year. We will. We will. Yeah. A horror special. Yeah, I will be because I'll be talking about Darkfest. So, yeah. Yeah, Darkfest. Um, I'll be talking about For the Love of Horror. We'll have, yeah. We'll have a killer lawnmower. We'll have Return of the Living Dead Part 2. It'll be wow. a horror special for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You'd think we'd do it for October, but, mate, you know, we've only been doing this for 12 and a half years, so why should we even pretend to be professional at this point? Yeah, I was going to say, it's not, yeah, like, what? There's no professionalism here. No. There never will be. No. (laughs) Right, we shall disappear. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back again soon. Shall we say goodbye, or shall we just bugger off? No, let's just bugger off. (laughs) You know I love goodbyes. (laughs) 